You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. The big announcement we have is our upcoming Kids Crusade. Praise God. We have a lot of things happening along that line. And so we want you, I don't know if there's flyers still out there. There is a sign-up sheet out there that if you'd like to help that night or help during the day, we're going to have a lot of fun. We've got a lot of things going on with... Of course, we have a lot of water sports that we're going to do because it's going to be hot, so we're going to be having that back here. And uh, somebody gave us some more room back here now since last night. They came in and stole two of our trailers and cut the catalytic converter off my work truck and busted all the boxes. But praise the Lord, you know, God is good. So now we, uh, I don't have to move those now, so I only have to move the truck and the other one, so it's good. Praise God, it's all good. And, uh, you know, the devil has to repay sevenfold, so... You know, and uh, hallelujah, God is so good. And we just thank God for his amazing grace. And I don't ever let anything steal my joy. Amen. Nothing, nothing's going to steal my joy. You know, and, and this whole thing that we're having here with this uh, illusionist, uh, uh, David Laughlin, and, uh, you know, it's a whole program. So we want you to make sure you all come on Wednesday night for sure, because that's when you're all invited. But if you'd like to help us out for Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, and then, of course, Wednesday morning, we're going to have a great, great time. We're going to share the Word of God. It's all about, let's, we have something to celebrate. It's all about uh, John eight thirty six, which says, you know, the sun's going to set free, and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You know, I mean, John eight thirty two says, you know, we'll know the word and the word, you know, will set us free. So we're going to talk about our freedom, but we're going to talk about what we're free from, how to, and what we're free to do. And you, and you need to understand, because next Sunday I'm going to teach on freedom in a way that you probably don't understand how it is. Because most people think freedom means I get to do anything I want to do. And that's the farthest freedom in the world. That's not, has nothing to do with freedom. You know, you know, it doesn't, not at all. Because you can never be free if you're just doing all that you want to do. See, so you need to show up next Sunday. All right, so the key is that, uh, um, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be having this. It's going to be a great time, and uh, he's going to be doing a lot of wonderful things. Plus, we want to get a lot of kids saved. So we want you to bring your grandkids. We want you to bring your children. You know, we have a lot of kids signed up at Harvest Bible Church. We don't have a lot of kids registered for this event. So you need to register. You know, we've been working for years. Greg's been working so hard trying to get you guys into the 20th century. I'm doing, we finally got you to give a little bit online. We're trying to get you to sign up a little bit. Praise God. He's been working so hard. And his, hard, his hardest opponent is me. But, you know, he's doing good. And so all it is is it's really easy to do. You know, you can do this. You really can. I know all of you have phones, so you can handle it. And if you can't, just talk to us. We'll get them signed up. All right? So, I mean, she's working so hard and working really hard doing everything. We're getting a lot of stuff coming. I was supposed to be out here in a camel costume this morning. Right? And she spared me. So, you know, I want to wear it just so you can see how hideous it is. But uh, but it's cool, huh? It's not too... What? It's adorable. It's adorable. It's adorable because she's not going to wear it. But that's okay. You know, and I really, really appreciate uh, my wonderful wife who works really, really hard for Harvest Bible Church for us and what we're doing and what we're trying to do because we know that kids are very special. 
and we want to get into their lives because they're facing a lot of craziness out there. Also, uh, we have the men's breakfast this coming uh, Saturday too, okay? It'll be July 2nd. So on all of you guys, you know, on, on the second, you know, first Saturday here at 8 o'clock in the morning, so you'll want to come. Praise God for that. Be blessed. We're going to be good. And then also, thank you for those that came out to the coffee and cars yesterday. I didn't get a chance to, to be here because we got in way late last night, or Friday night. And um, so, uh, but I saw it. I got to see a few things just by the, by the videos and stuff I could see here that it was really cool. So, but, and if you're all bummed about that, guess what? It's going to come again the end of this month, right? Again, the end of, the end of July, we're going to do it again here. On the last Saturday uh, of the month, they're going to all gather again and there may be more. So, uh, so if you missed it then, they're going to come. So we're, we're opening up. We just want to share the love of Jesus and, uh, and be a blessing. Amen. It's just a lot of fun, so we're believing for that. Did I miss anything? Well, we had the Roe versus Wade turnover, which was a real interesting factor. Which also brings, I'm glad you brought that up, which also brings us to why we have a lot of extra ushers out there and extra people in the parking lot because there was a lot of things. We got notices from the federal government, we got notices from the police departments that uh, people were going to vandalize the church, they were going to attack churches. And one of the cities they specifically talked about was Stockton. And, uh, but, you know, somebody says, well, was last night's, you know, vandalism and everything, was that a part of that? I don't think so, because it was, a, you know, it was a stolen U-Haul truck that came in, so they had it really planned. I mean, they stole the chain, the locks, and the trailers had trailer locks on them, so uh, they busted all those off, and then, you know, they had time to do everything. So it was preconceived, it was a car, you know, two cars and a, and a truck. That was the only two things that were caught on camera, but they were very fast and very lightly, because we don't have any cameras back there or any kind of thing, so... But that's okay. Hallelujah. Don't let that bum me out. It didn't cost the church a dime. It was all mine. So, so, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You ready to have the word of God this morning? I am. I'm ready for the, oh, the, yeah, junior high guys take off. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for that. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15. Glory to God. How many of you know that today is the finest hour of the church? Today is our finest hour. Thank God for what happened in years past. Thank God for all the things that have gone on. But glory to God, today, God is doing supernatural things today. You know, you can never move forward by always hanging on to everything behind you. And you can never move forward by looking back. Amen? You got to always, you got to be knowing where you're going. You got to be looking to where you're headed to, what you're going to do. That's what you got to be. And, uh, you know, I've been just reading John chapter 14, John chapter 16, John chapter 17. I've just been reading, you know, John 14, 15, 16, 17, just continue, because the Holy Spirit really kind of told me uh, since the day of, you know, basically Pentecost Sunday, it was just take some time to really go through this. And it probably helps that, that Rick Renner, is, he did the whole, in, in his Sparkling Gems 2, he's doing all on the Holy Spirit. So I like doing it. I have Sparkling Gems 1, Sparkling Gems 2, which is a daily devotional. I have Faith Food, which I do as a daily devotional. And then I, you know, read the Proverbs every day because there's 31 of those. And then I read five Psalms a day. And then that way, because after 30 days, you can read all 150 Psalms. And so when you do that and you feed yourself on that, it's really hard to get discouraged. <laughs> See, if you, you know, because here's the thing. You can't be self-conscious and God-conscious at the same time. Amen. 
And here's another thing. You can't be problem conscious and spirit conscious at the same time. Okay? Because if you're problem conscious, it's going to mess up your soul. It's going to mess things up. And and you're going to be frustrated because you're going to think that the word of God doesn't work. We, we read, we're reading a book every night, different books we've been reading, but we've been reading on revivals and on prayer and things that we're doing. And so uh, we, she said she read something last night that just, man, it clicked in my spirit big time. Because, and what the person was saying is that people are talking, it's talking about prayer, but it said this. It says, do you believe on Jesus Christ or do you just believe about him? <laughs> do you believe on Jesus Christ or do you believe about him? See, if you believe about him, most of your prayers won't get answers. But if you believe on him and what he said, hallelujah, you got to believe on him. Amen? Many people believe about him. They're saved. They understand. They believe about what he said. They believe what he said. But they don't believe on him in believing that what he said. See, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, what Jesus said, I believe on all those things because they produce results when you believe on them. Amen. When you take it upon yourself, when you realize and understand that I believe what Jesus said is true for me. Amen. Now, here's the title. Greg, you listening? Here's the title. The title of my sermon this morning is Nothing of the Past is Equal to the Present. And I have to remind myself. You, know, you always have to remind yourself because it's funny. You know, we just went and visited my son, and it's like he said, you know, the, the the worst thing we miss is we miss church. My kids miss children. I mean, that was, they all said, they all wanted to get in. They all miss church. They want to come back to Harvest Bible Church and go to children's church. They want to come back and hear the word of God. And they want to see things. Yeah, there's good churches and, and where they're at, but it's just not ours. And it's the way where you're taking care and have a vision and a desire to see things, you know. And so that's what I, and I, I see that with a lot of folks. We just had someone, a person who came just for a visit to do thing. They said, you know, the bad thing is, is we've never found a church like yours. I said, well, there's, they're out there. You know, they just don't have me in them and or you in them, but that's the thing. <laughs> but they're out there. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, when we see this, we see things. And so what I want you to do is I want you to believe on Jesus this morning. And Jesus is the word. Remember John chapter one, the word was with God and the word was God, you know, and, and the word was with God and the word was made flesh talking about Jesus. Okay. So the word and Jesus are together. Amen. You can't separate them. So if we believe on the word of God, not about the word of God, not excited about what it says, but we actually believe on it. We actually believe it. You know, we used to say it, but I like the way this guy said it. He said, you know, you've got to believe on it. He said, there's so many people who believe about it. You have a lot of people who just believe about it. Yeah, they can tell you everything, but when you believe on it, because here's how you know if you believe on it or you believe about it. Pastor, I tried that. I've been believing that, but it's not working. You believe about it. (laughs) Hey, but why is this happening? What's going on? Because we're not doing what the word of God says to do. Remember what James says? You got to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Remember what Matthew chapter 7 said, that there are two people sitting in the same church that heard the same word, but one was a doer and one was just a hearer, and the hearer went out and built his house upon the sand. The rains came, the storms came, that house collapsed, but the same rain, the same storms, the same everything came to the guy who built his house upon the rock because he was a doer. His house stayed. What does it mean to be a doer? It means you believe on Jesus and not about him. 
Amen. So I'm going to give you a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, because I have a lot of them. But in John chapter 15, hallelujah, verse 7, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Look at verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. I'm going to read it to you again. Just, just get it in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Now, if he'd have just said, if you abide in me, we'd have been great. All of us would have been great. All of us accepting Jesus, we'd have been just fine. You know, I mean, you know, some would have got, because you know, it means to vitally stay connected. But he said, and my words abide in you. And my words abide in you. Now, now go over to John chapter 16. I was reading this, reading, and man, this just leaped off the page. I started preaching to her. I said, hey, let me just share some things with you. She gets to hear the sermon, you know, first hot off the press there. I preached it to myself first, then her. It's all good. You know, and then she can judge my content or judge my doctrine and slap me if I'm wrong or something. But look what it says in John 16, verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. The New Living Translation says this. I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. Sometimes I think we've abandoned our faith in the sense of what is faith and that we've, we've got offended because of what's going on. How many of you know that the world is speaking very loudly right now? The devil is speaking very loudly right now. That everything that we hear and see that it's all about, it's ugly. It's all about how, you know, I hate these signs on the highway right now. Everywhere we go, severe drought, don't do this. Severe drought, don't do this. You know why we have severe drought? Because everybody speaks severe drought. Sorry, that's just a little rant and rave right there. Just calm down. Draw it in. Just bring it back. Draw it in. Rain it in, you know. Rain it back. Okay. Hallelujah. I, you know, hey, you know, glory to God. We need to call for some rain. Amen. We're going to bring it back in. But it's like, don't be offended because what happens is this. Now go back to, to John chapter 15, verse 7. Mine's just one page. Just turn it back and forth. When it says, if you abide in me and my words abide, that word abide is an incredible word. But what it means is that as you totally engulf yourself in it, but it also means that, and I, and I wrote this, I got this, and I don't remember when, because but I just found these notes. I don't. It was a long time ago. But it, abiding means this. Here's what I said. Abiding means to have the joy of being at the place where I can always count on being in the presence of God's power. And it's always leading to the place where victory is assured. Because when you abide in the presence of God, his presence is what? Fullness of joy. His presence is salvation. See, Psalms, Psalms 42 verse 6 says, why are, 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 are you downtrodden? Why are you disquieted? It says for you, hope thou in God. Amen? Hope thou in God. In fact, go to, go to Psalms 42 verse 6. I quote all these things to you, and I didn't quote that one very well, so I want to go to it. Hallelujah. But sometimes we look at it, and you just sit out there and listen to us. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? And, uh, but I want you to, uh, to get it. Actually, it's, it's verse 5, not verse 6. He said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? 
we got a lot of cast down souls. And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Hallelujah. Now, I got a little letter by that thing where it says, for the help of his countenance. But I want to read it to you again. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Now, this little thing where it says, for the help of his countenance, that little letter, and I look over here, it says, for his presence is salvation. And his presence is salvation. If his presence is salvation, it's healing, it's wholeness, it's shalom, it's everything we need. His presence is everything we need. Amen? It's everything we need. It's everything. And if we believe that abiding in Christ, abiding in him, that if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, it's going to make us alive. And if we believe on him, then every, all the promises of God are ours. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Amen? Praise God. We see this. We look at this and we go, wow. Hallelujah. And then God just spoke this to my heart. He said, listen. He said, here's what that means. It means you can come to a place and anybody else can come to that place where there's dry and barren conditions. How many know there's a lot of dry and barren conditions out there right now? And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking naturally. There is that naturally right now. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, uh, you go to all these other places and they just have an abundance of rain. You know, in a matter of an hour, it can rain six inches. That's a bucket load. Okay, and you think, wow, you know, in California, in a matter of hour, we don't get nothing. We have three days of something, and we may get a half an inch. I'm waiting for the, We need to have some monsoons and some tsunamis and some things coming in, whatever, not destruction, but good rainfall. But here's what he wrote. He said, you and I can come to a place where the dry and barren conditions are all around us, but God's design is that we are to be so saturated with the presence, hallelujah, and with his presence so that he can reveal his will to us and get us to say what his will is so that his will may be accomplished upon the earth, which simply means God wants to reign. Remember, Zechariah 10.1 says, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain so that each one will have bright clouds, you know, and showers of rain and grass in their fields. So it says to ask for rain. Now, we understand that's the spiritual rain. We understand it's spiritual rain. But I truly believe that if we can get spiritual rain, we can get things to begin to say and do. We can change. And the reason that we are not is because we're just trying to hold out. I believe we're supposed to be in revival. I believe we're supposed to be pushing forward. I believe signs and wonders and miracles are supposed to be happening. I believe the church ought to be the greatest threat to the devil and the world. That they ought to be terrified that we're meeting this morning. That we're meeting and we're coming together. And they're like, oh my gosh. Because the devil is trying to come. He tries to come. He tries to steal my joy. He come in there and all of a sudden you see this and you see things. And all he can do is touch physical things. He can just do natural things. He can't steal my joy because my joy is not natural. My joy is supernatural. I got the joy of the Lord. Joy is the fruit of my spirit. And I can draw up joy anytime I want to. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know I'm a little stirred up this morning because the devil shouldn't have picked on me. 
Because <laughs> he, he just makes me mad. And when he makes me mad, I go after him spiritually. I don't go after him naturally. You know, I keep begging the Lord when we come back on those horses with Jesus and the devil that I get to take the first swing at, the, at Satan. I get to hit him. But he, he never answers me on that one. But I keep wanting it. Hallelujah. See, here's, here's something that people have forgotten. Here's what we need to know. God has spoken and his word has been written, but it won't produce any results at all until someone on earth believes it and speaks it. Because God's tied us to himself. Yeah, God's the creator. See, see we've, we've limited the Holy One of Israel like they did in Psalm 78. You know, you remember what happened there in Psalm 78, the children of Israel. The Bible says that they limited the Holy One of Israel because they did not believe the miracles that he did in the field of Zoan. They didn't believe the miracles. They didn't believe any of those things. And what it said was, is that they were supposed to, this generation was supposed to speak to the next generation and tell them about the miracles and the signs of the wine. You remember when Gideon was hiding behind the threshold, he's hiding behind the wine breath, and he's back there, he's going like this, and then the angel shows up, and he starts calling him a mighty man of valor, and then Gideon says, well, how come we don't see any of the miracles that we've heard about? How come we don't see any of the revivals that we've heard about? How come we don't see God doing what he's doing? Because God is doing what he's doing. He's only doing it for those that are saying it, talking about it, and looking for him to do it. You know? And he had to change. What did the angel have to do? He said, you're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty man of valor. And then what did, you know, good old, old Gideon say? Listen, you got the wrong person. I come from the lowest tribe, and I'm the lowest family in the lowest tribe. Okay? That means I'm the lowest of the low. We are the last. We are the bottom. We are down here. Okay? And my family is the bottom of that family. You got the wrong guy. Aren't you glad the angel didn't say, you know what? I told God that. (laughs) Aren't you glad that your angel doesn't go before the father and say, why'd you give me this one? Or maybe he doesn't because you're not doing right things. I don't know he doesn't. He's cheering you on, okay? He's cheering you on. He's cheering you on in this, all right? He's cheering you on. But we've got to, what are we saying? What are we declaring? What are we speaking? What are we taking hold of? Because God gave his creative power in the earth to you and I. It's God who does it all. We don't, but we've got to be a voice and we've got to be an action. And it takes effort. It takes effort to be in the place where you're going to know God and you're going to hear God's voice. It takes effort, effort to not let the things of the world cause, cause you to get beat up, cause you to get drawn back. It takes effort to take time to fellowship with God. It takes effort to believe that all things are possible when it looks like nothing's, impossible, nothing's possible. Amen. Amen? It does. Hallelujah. And, and I'm not just satisfied to get the blade. I'm not just satisfied to get the the, the corn to grow up and then the ear and the corn. I'm not satisfied until I get to taste and eat it until we get the harvest. I'm like Ezekiel when God spoke and he said and then Ezekiel spoke and they had flesh and sinew and everything and they had all these dry bones and they all came to life and God put flesh but nothing was happening until God breathed on it. I'm not going to be happy until the breath of God is blowing across us. And the only way the breath of God can blow across there, if we breathe in and we begin to speak out and to begin to say what God wants us to say. 
because we've got a bunch of dry and barren places. We've got a dry and thirsty land that everybody, they need Jesus, but they need a word from God. And we're the ones that bring that word. We're word carriers. We bring the word of God. We've got to speak words of life and we've got to speak things and we've got to create things How to, and do what God said for us to do. We've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and his word, not about him. Amen. I'm going to take a seal out right now. Whew. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was page one. We got five pages. Are you ready? We just warming up. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I don't want you to abandon your faith. I don't want to get to heaven and, and know that say, you know, well, you know what? You didn't do a good job because this person abandoned their faith. And nope. I want to run around and see and check and make sure that you're, you're not abandoning your faith. What do I mean by that? You're not letting go of the truth of the word of God. God's word works. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that said, well, you know, I used to be a part of that. I used to do that. And I'm like, wow, really? You know, I used to do that. I can remember one person, he told me, yeah, I used to do all that faith stuff that you said and all the things there. And, and, and it, just, it just hit me. And I said, you know what? And I'll bet when you were doing it, your life was the best it's ever been and it's never been that good since. And they just stopped. And he goes, he goes you know, you're right. It just hit him. I mean, I, that was not me. I would, I'm always so sweet and nice and say, well, <laughs> try to have you. But it just hit me and I said, yeah. And he, and he goes, but you're right. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, but it took effort. It took a fight. It's called the fight of faith. It took a fight. It took effort. It took effort to stand up and say, no what, devil? No, you're not good. That's it. You're far enough right there. You can't cross anymore. How do you? Take your hand off of my things. Take your hand off of my body. Take your hand off of my, take your hand off of my family. If I, you wanted to fight? Let's go. Let's do this. We can fight the fight of faith. We can take hold of the things. You want to come against you? You're going to repay. How about you? You're going to pay because you're going to lose somebody. We're going to lead somebody to Jesus. I'm going to land something, get healed. I'm going to encourage somebody. They're going to get sick and they're going to go out and they're going to share the gospel. You're in trouble. <laughs> I get excited. I do. I get it. You know, when I get hit, I am not nice. You just don't want to push past the mark in the corner. It's not good. Not good. I, I usually come out swinging and that's not a good thing. But uh, because I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, and, and but I think away the spiritual things we got to do here in Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen, and we all probably know this, but here it says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness." Now look at verse seventeen, that the man of God or the woman of God may be perfect or may be mature, Amen, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See, because the scripture is God-breathed. When it says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, that word inspiration means it's God-breathed. It's a life force. Hallelujah. It has power. It has energy behind it. Amen? I mean, when we see that, it just changes. See, because what we fail to, re- to believe is that God's word is the most powerful, the most powerful or the greatest source of power and energy in all the world. Do you do realize that everything you see in the natural was created by spiritual things? God said, and it was so. 
You know, it's like the joke when everybody's trying to be like God and, and they do things and then God, you know, makes dirt and he creates something and then everybody goes over to try to get dirt. He said, oh, no, you got to get your own dirt. <laughs> you got to make your dirt before you can use mine. Because, see, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And nobody can do that. See, because only God can create something out of nothing. And believe it or not, only you can create something out of nothing because you got God's word in you. And God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. Amen. Now we, see, now, that's so hard for us. We believe about that. We do believe about that because we've heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it. But to believe on that, man, you watch what you say. You would begin to decree and declare. You would do like in Job there where it says, decree a thing and it shall be established in your life. Say it in your life and decree it and declare it and believe it and it'll come to pass. Because when you believe something in your heart and you say it with your mouth, it's the same as salvation. When you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord, you got born again and you knew it. You knew there was a change. There was an instantaneous thing. There was a change. And if there wasn't, we're going to lead you to Jesus today. Because there had to be, there had to be a change. Something supernatural happened. If you meant that in your heart, you changed. And if you didn't, you didn't get born again. You didn't get saved. You just mouthed words. Come on. Because if you believe on the, you're believing in that. Listen, you are believing on the name of Jesus to be born again. You're believing. You're living this life that there's a heaven. You're living this life that you're going to get to go to heaven, be up there for seven years, then turn around and come back. And you're going to rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years. Then God's going to wipe out the earth and, and, the, and everything in the stars. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth so we can live with him forever. You are banking on, you are living this life, banking on those words. Why don't we take the rest of the word of God and bank on them? Man, I want to get this message. I'm about to remind myself. It's good stuff. Like, like I said, I got a little excited. I had to, you know, turn around here. So, glory to God. See, because the Bible is God speaking to me. This is God's love letter to me. This is God's word to me. It has his essence and it has his fragrance in it. It has his power, his energy. And it has everything so that I can walk. I can be mature. I can walk in the things he said I can walk in. That I can have the things that he has. And I have to do it in the spirit. I can't do it in the flesh. How many know it's so you want to get in the flesh? You just want to get in the flesh. You just want to get frustrated and get mad. You know. You just do. Because that's easy. But if you stay in the spirit, you'll win. You know, the Bible's amazing because, you know, in fact, go over to Galatians chapter 5. I don't know. These, these notes are awesome in Jesus' name. Galatians chapter 5. I'm having fun, as you can tell. Hallelujah. But I'm not taking it back. <laughs> oh, Galatians chapter 5, verse, uh, let's start at verse 16. He said, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, if, and then I go down to verse 25, we all know, but he says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. 
People say, well, what does it mean to be in the Spirit? It simply means to be more conscious of the Lord Jesus Christ, more conscious of the Holy Spirit, more conscious of the things of God than you are of the things of the natural. But realizing that you're going to take what the Word of God says over what everything else is going on around you. And, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know, it talks about what the, the uh, lusts of the flesh are versus, uh, or the works of the flesh, verses 19 and 20 and 21. Verse 22 talks about what fruit you have, and that's, that's on the inside of you. You know, and uh, he talks about that, but he also begins to share that, listen, if we, we have this, you know, uh, spirit of God in, on the inside of us, we have this treasure. We have a treasure. Do you know you have a treasure in you? It's the Holy Spirit. What a treasure. What a treasure we have. Hallelujah. To, to listen to the Spirit of God on the inside of us. What a treasure we have because we have somebody who knows all things. You know, John, John 16, 13 says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. Isn't it amazing that be, when you know the truth, you don't get frustrated when somebody disagrees with you. Now, if you get frustrated when somebody argues, or gets, then you don't know what you know. Because when you know what you know, you just smile. You say, well, the Bible says let them that are ignorant be ignorant still. You know, like one person said, you might be able to whoop a skunk, but you might not want to. There's another place in the Bible that says don't argue with a fool. It does say that. Hallelujah. Just make sure you're not the fool, okay? Anyways, hallelujah. To understand. But see, Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 says, You are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. It says, If the spirit of God lives in you, then you are in the spirit. You've got that spirit living, and you've got to be conscious of the fact of listening to the voice of the spirit on the inside of you. You know, inside of you. And if you're born again, how do you, that, that hidden man on the inside, that, that uh, you know, new man that's there, he'll speak to your heart. He'll speak up into your head. He'll bring things to your remembrance. He'll, he'll show you things. He'll bring, he'll enlighten you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he'll give you his words to say and his authority. Listen, folks, it's been said and been said. The church is the one that's in authority on the earth, and we need to start doing a whole lot better job. Hallelujah. And we need to do it individually as people. What that means is we need to take authority over the enemy. So, so well, you just had all kinds of things stolen. and Yeah, the enemy, you know, you, you can get lax and, you, and, you, and uh, not listen, you know, and not do what we need to do. But you know what? Praise God. Hallelujah. It's just things. God can replace all those things. And then God reminds you that, hey, okay, why did this happen? Well, because you didn't listen. Thank you. That's all right. You just didn't do the things you should have done. It's like, yeah, okay, praise the Lord. Because God's always trying to, to help us. God's always trying to speak to us. Amen? Isn't it amazing? God tells us to come and reason together. God says, come together. Let's, let us plead together. Well, come you know, if you go talk to God, he'll show you things to come. He'll, he'll help you not get those things to take place. Amen? We just got to start listening. We got to start believing that God does want us to listen, that God does want to show us things, that God does want 
to reveal his truth to us. And he wants the church to be the voice that it needs to be. He wants the church to be the authority that it needs to be. Amen. We sing songs about authority. We sing songs about bringing water. We know that. Listen, everywhere you go, you need to bring water, living water. That's what it's all about. When you know the way, I say, okay, let's just take time out. Let's pray. Let's find out what we can do to bring peace to this situation. We can figure it out. Amen. And you need to have firsthand revelation, not secondhand. Too many people have secondhand revelations. They go all around, but brother so-and-so said this. Brother so-and-so, I believe like brother so-and-so. I believe this. You know, why do you believe? Well, because brother so-and-so teaches that. Listen, you better believe what you believe because the Bible teaches that. You better not say, well, Pastor Mark said this. Yeah, thank God for what Pastor Mark says. Problem is, is that, you know, when you stand before the enemy, you can't say what Pastor Mark says. Jesus, when he stood before the devil and the devil said, he didn't say, well, now brother rabbi said this. I heard this. I, you know, you know what he said? It is written. He had a revelation of it himself. He said, it is written, and he defeated the devil with the word of God. It is written. It is written. I know this for me. It's not because of this or because of that. It's because of what God says. Amen? Listen, it's got to become my gospel. Paul said, according to my gospel, my gospel. Can you imagine how he was getting persecuted? You know, there over in John chapter 16, after that first verse when it says, I don't want you to be offended. I've said all these things, John chapter 14, John chapter 15, I'm saying all so that you won't get offended because you're going to get offended. You're going to abandon your faith because people are going to attack you. People are going to, you read on and it says people are going to think killing you, they're, they're doing God a, a, a favor by killing you. You do realize that the most persecuted religion in the world is Christianity, right? We are the, yeah, we're, we're more persecuted than any other, every other, every other religion is accepted except ours. Thank you for your overwhelming response. Nobody wants persecution. But I tell you what, when you, you don't know what you're made of till the fire's turned up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing that, you know, God told us to do these things. The problem is, is that we don't take time to fellowship with him. We don't take time to read the Bible like we should read the Bible. We don't take time to get into his presence. Because that's where it all comes about. We don't take time to get full so we can go dump. We got to get full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Do you know, isn't it amazing? Go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Now, see, people get really caught up. They get really... Small wars have been fought over confession. Ooh, man. If you haven't been around long, I'm telling you, there was the confession police, man. They were watching exactly what you said, do anything. I mean, they'd hammer you. Everybody was all kind of things. And see, believe it or not, your words are very powerful when you speak them in faith and you speak them rightly. And I do believe we ought to not talk flippantly and, and all that. Because the Bible says that that's, our words are what we're going to get judged by. I know I went over real well. But praise God. Hallelujah. We got, you got to know the truth. You got to understand that if, if you don't speak the word, if you don't say the word, your life is not going to change. You had to believe in your heart and you had to say that Jesus Christ is your Lord in order for you to get saved. Amen. You have to do that. You say, well, no, you can just believe it and you don't. No, no, you can't. 
It doesn't work that way. The Bible says it's, it's with, with the heart man believes unto right, unto, but it's with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. You don't get saved until you say it. See, it used to be back in the day, people would come to church and they'd cry and they'd pray and they'd come to the altar and say, God, save me, God, save me, God, save me. Because they didn't think he would. But then, because they didn't know the Bible, they didn't know the word of God. And so somebody came along and said, well, the Bible says if you do this, that's too easy. Well, no, God did And then there was a guy that came six months to a men's meeting in the morning. Six months, he was there all the time. They were praying every morning. And they said, you know, and, and, and actually had a guest speaker come in to, to just teach the guys. Said, and the pastor said, I think you might be able to help him. Just, and so he starts sharing with the guy. He said, well, you know. And he said, well, I'm not saved. He said, well, what are you waiting for? I'm waiting for God to save me. How are you going to know if God's saved? Well, I know I'll feel it. I'll just know I'm saved. So, well, the Bible says you got to do this. He said, well, I'm not going to confess Jesus as my Lord if, if he's not because I'd be lying. And I don't want to lie. He said, but the Bible says, he says, yeah. You know, and, and so while they were praying there, all of a sudden the minister said, hey, you stand up. You confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. Just say it. Say it out loud. And so the guy got up and said, Jesus Christ, you're my Lord and Savior. I believe it. And sat back down. Didn't say nothing. You know, and he was like, because he just, just scared him. But about two minutes later, he just took off. He just went up and was just, he said, something happened. He said, yeah, because you got to say it. You got to declare it. He said, you've been crying. You've been asking God to save you for six months. You've been coming. You've been, you're more faith. You've been here more faithful than everybody else here who says they are saved. (laughs) I mean, that's sad. Now we are, we teach and we know we have so much word right now. We have so much knowledge right now. We have so much going on right now. The word, I mean, you can just hear and hear and hear, but we know so much about Jesus. But there's not very many people believing on Jesus. Because when you believe on Jesus, you take him at his word, and you stand on that word, and you receive what that word says. Here in Mark chapter 9, hallelujah, look what it says down here. Glory to God. <laughs> and look at verse 20. Well, it's the story here. Look at verse 19. He said, I answered him, and he said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you, or how long shall I suffer you to be Suffer you, bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foamy. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child, and oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And that's the story of the world right now. Well, why doesn't God do anything? If God can do anything, why doesn't he do And this man said, well, if you can do anything, I don't believe you can do it, but if you can do anything, help us, help us. Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. He said, you're asking me if I can do anything, and I'm asking you, can you believe anything? What can you believe? Because I'll do what you believe. God's asking you that same question this morning. I'll do what you can believe. What can you believe? What do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and not about him? Amen. What do you believe? What do you believe on him? What do you believe? Jesus said, you know, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And of course, thank God. Straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Amen. He's sincere. He's saying, man, I, I believe. I believe. You're my only hope. I believe. But, you know, hey, I'm not real sure. 
Thank God. You know, and of course, Jesus, he has compassion. Cast the devil out of his son, his son as well. Amen. We, we, we see this thing here because Jesus answered him when it was like, hey, he said, if you can do anything, listen, God's given a power and authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto us. He gave it unto us. He gave it on the cross when he said, all authority has been given unto me and I give it to you. Matthew 28. Amen. He gave us that authority. He said, authority is ours. He's given it unto us. Why don't we exercise our authority? Why are we not doing that? Because we're not building a case. We're not building a foundation of scripture upon scripture upon scripture upon scripture. Hallelujah. Glory to God. To, to, to build that case so we can stand up in authority knowing that Jesus is backing us. That Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, they're the ones that's the power behind it. They're the ones that's the power. See, we're not magnifying God loudly and boldly because we're not sure. We're afraid that if we say it and we believe it because God's word says it, but what if it doesn't come to pass? What if it doesn't come to pass? Amen? But what if it does? What if it does? Someone says, yeah, but if I jump, what if I fail? But what if you fly? Well, Pastor, you're just always so positive. Yes, because I believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know I'm saved. I know it. I want to magnify God. I want to magnify what God is doing. Glory to God. And I'm going to declare what he's doing. What is he doing? Let's talk about what God is doing. God is getting people saved. How does more people getting saved now than ever before? Not, maybe not in America, but in everywhere else and around the world because of the life and the power of God. Amen. Things are open. Things are creating. God's doing this. Hallelujah. Now, here's the the thing, and we're going to wind this thing. I'm not going to get to everything, but it's okay. I'm going to calm down. (laughs) Probably not. But anyways, Proverbs 15, 23 says this in the King James. It says, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good is it? If you want to have joy, if you don't have joy, you better check what's coming out of your mouth. Because the Bible says that we draw up joy out of it and we draw it up. And it's not, listen, you know, we don't walk around being thrilled all the time. We'd love to do that. But I tell you what, when the enemy tries to come in, when the enemy does, and just like this morning and things, you just kind of go, I went in my office there and I said, Lord, I want to thank you because you're so awesome. And you're amazing. And I'm not going to let anything steal my joy. And yes, it's pretty frustrating, but Lord, glory to God, I'm going to thank you and praise you. I'm going to take the word of the Lord that says, if Satan steals, hallelujah, the thief has to repay. He's a thief. He has to repay sevenfold. Hallelujah. I'm going to take your word, and I'm going to thank you and praise you for the grace and the mercy, and I'm going to thank you, Father God. You know, then things were old anyways. So we, you know, other than, you know, having to fix the truck, the trailers, hey, praise God, we would have probably wanted to get new ones anyways. Hallelujah. But the key is, is that when you don't let the devil steal your joy, you don't let the devil come in and try to bombard you. We think, well, everybody wants to magnify what the devil's doing. I want to magnify what God is doing. You know, hallelujah. You know, we thank God, hallelujah, that uh, uh, there was a long, hard-fought battle. So they turned something over in our nation, which was for the good, which was just something that should have been turned over. Should have never even been, should have never even been a law. But the, but the thing about it is, is that we need to take hold of that and say, okay, Lord, now 
what do we need to do spiritually wise to begin to decree and to declare hallelujah because we need to allow your spirit to rise. We need to get full so that we can begin to empty ourselves. Amen? Because we need to bring living water to a dry and thirsty land. We've got a lot of dry and barrenness around us that we need to bring things to. Amen? And we need to start thinking differently about ourselves. Hallelujah. And we need to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Have ears to hear and hearts to receive. Amen? Hallelujah. And here's the key. Here's the key. We're going to close on this. We'll always find, and I wrote this down too, we'll always find that the victory and, you know, or let me put it this way, we'll always find that the victory or the word we need is at the moment when we open our doors of our heart to simply believe that God has the answer and it's in his word. And so the wonderful thing is God's going to bring his word to us. We will always find that the victory or the word we need is at the moment or is at that moment when we open up the door of our hearts to believe because God wants to do it. God desires to do it. Amen. He wants it for our lives. Bow your heads for just a moment. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. As you look at yourself, as you say in your mind that, well, yeah, but I know me. I I know me. I know what I've done or what I want to say or I want to believe. But see, it's not about you in the sense of your strength. We're not to be strong in ourselves, but you are to be strong in the Lord. Strong in the power of my might, says the Lord. That when you begin to speak, you're speaking my words. You're speaking what I said and what I said about this situation, I'll do in your situation. What I said about this person, and that you see in the word of, the, of, of, of God and see in the Bible, I, you can say about you. Because I'm no respecter of persons, says the Lord. Huh? I don't look and say, oh, I love this person more than I love that person. I love 
the whole world and died for the whole world. Made provision for all. Made provision for all. In fact, I gave to every man the measure of faith. The measure of it. Started every man out on the same measure of faith. Everyone starting out believing on me and confessing me as their Lord and as their Savior. And from that point on, believing and knowing as the word began to be revealed and unveiled in, in, in your life, it's that it's according to what can you believe? What can you believe? And it, what you believe is what you begin to say, what you begin to declare, decree and to declare. Because I need you to change the circumstances that are around you. I've planted you and placed you where I've put you so that you can be the water, that you can be the answer, that you can be, hallelujah, my light, my water, my answer in that area and in that place so that you can touch lives, so that you can change the course of those that are around you. Oh, <laughs> See, because you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Because you've got the spirit of truth in you. The spirit of truth is going to show you things. The spirit of truth is going to bring things to your remembrance. And the spirit of truth is yearning to abide with you. He's yearning to be with you. He's yearning, oh, to work through you. And it's time for you to acknowledge him. Acknowledging him acknowledging him instead of crying out to me and saying Lord help and crying out and saying Lord can you do anything find out what my word says and begin to say Lord you are my help you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me you declared that I you know that you would never 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 leave me never forsake me so that I can boldly declare that you're my helper you're my helper hallelujah and I will not fear what man can do unto me. So I don't cry out to you and say, Lord, help me. I say, the helper is here. God, you're going to sustain me. You're going to raise me up. You're going to show me things to come. You're going to deliver me out of this mess. You're going to do the things that your word says you're going to do. And you're going to help me to speak words of life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 And now just by the spirit of God, that's just rolling up on the inside of me. Just like, you know, when Stephen, who was the first martyr of the church, and what happened was when he began to speak, they could not withstand his words. They were so powerful and so mighty because he was speaking what God was telling him to speak. And so much. Yes, he lifted up his eyes and he got to see an open heaven. And yet, Yes, they stoned it, but he honored God and he said, God, don't lay this sin to their charge. Don't blame them for this. They don't even know what they're doing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, Father, let our words be so powerful. Let everyone know that their words, hallelujah, uh, uh, you know, the Bible says, let our words be seasoned, you know, hallelujah, that they may minister grace unto the hearers, Father. So let these words, let them understand the power of the word of God. Let them understand the power of their own words, but the power of the word of God, speaking your words, speaking your scriptures, changes the course of our lives. Oh, it changes direction. It changes circumstances. And Father, I just, you know, as I got a little excited about drought, 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 I'm just so tired of hearing drought. And yes, it is. Yes, it is. We have to be concerned. We have, because we're in a serious situation. But Father, you so told us to ask for rain. 
You said that Elijah was a like precious man like we are. And he was a righteous man. You told us in James chapter 5 that Elijah, who was a righteous man, just like we are, he said he prayed that it would not rain because he had a word from God upon that situation. I understand that. And it didn't rain for the space of three and a half years. But then, Father, the word of the Lord came to him, and he began to pray. And he got up on that mountain, and he began to pray. And he told that servant to go, and the servant could do it. But seven times, and when on that seventh time, the servant came back and said, I see a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. And Father, and Elijah jumped up, and he said, you better go tell King Ahab it's about to storm. Father, I just see in my heart that we need to see that because there needs to be a rain. There needs to be the natural rain in the spiritual rain. We need to see that here. We're not going to be satisfied till it rains in Stockton spiritually, till it rains in Lodi, rains in Mendes, rains all around us, every area. We're not going to be satisfied till it rains in this place. And I just believe, I decree and declare it, I believe it with all of my heart. Hallelujah. Because our latter days are going to be greater than our former days. Father, nothing of the past equals the present. The church is alive. You've got us here. This is our hour. This is our time. We're going to stand strong. And the fire of God, the power of God is going to be made manifest in this place. So, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you, Father. And as our eyes are closed, our heads are bowed. If there is anybody here that doesn't know you, they haven't experienced your power, your presence in their lives. They have not made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. They know that. They know if they know about Jesus, but they know that if they've ever believed on him because their life has changed. And so if you are here, I'm just, I know it sounds like I'm being emphatic, and I am, because it's a matter of life or death. It's a matter of your life or your death. You can play games all you want to, but you, gotta, you can't just keep going through the motions. You're not going to get to heaven on mama's faith, girlfriend's faith, anybody's faith, you know, husband, wife. You gotta, you, it's a personal gospel. You, Jesus has to be the Lord. You're not going to get to heaven on secondhand revelation. Hallelujah. So if you're here, you say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I need to make a conscious decision to be saved, to be born again, to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Hallelujah. If you're here and you want that, or if you're watching and you need this, you need it. Hallelujah. Just raise your hand. Let's acknowledge. Let's declare together. Let's let God change your life forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I'm looking around. It's all right. I believe if we're all saved, then praise God. We need to go out of here and go get somebody else. I'm planning on this. I'm planning on leading somebody to Jesus this week. I promise you, I'm going to go and we're going to make a full conscious effort to, 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 to just, just give the devil a black eye. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, I pray, and in closing here, I pray for everyone here that we stir up the gift of God that's within us. Father, I pray, hallelujah, that they are born again, spirit-filled, spirit-taught, and spirit-led. Hallelujah. And they rise up, and everywhere they go, you're going to bring people across their path to minister, or not minister, but to come ask them the reason of the hope that's within them. Father, you're going to enable them to give them words to speak, that they're going to be able to share the love of Jesus. They're going to be able to touch lives. God, you're going to do something supernatural in their lives this week. Hallelujah. Because we're just going to, you know, what the devil has meant for evil, God, you're going to turn around and make it good. So we honor you for it. We thank you for it now. And I just thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.